Hey guys. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, that sexy little voice. Oh my god. Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we're going to be talking about the 2010 movie, The Last Song, starring Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth. And before we get into it, I just want to address uh, my voice. My voice is different because I'm obviously still going through puberty. <laughs> it, it does sound different. I just thought we were going to collectively ignore it. But okay, <laughs> we're talking about it now. We're talking about it. Okay. No, so I am sick again. And it's so weird because I've been getting sick a lot lately. And I used to brag about never getting sick. And I think that's why now I'm getting sick because the universe doesn't like it when you brag about shit. The universe was like, bitch you thought (laughs) oh the plagues okay do you want to talk about why we chose this movie we chose this movie mostly because right now Miley Cyrus's supposed diss track to Liam Hemsworth is kind of making its rounds on the radio yeah and we're like why not why not Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth they met on the set Mm -hmm. of this movie yes and they were young I think they were like 17 18 when they met They were itty-bitty babies. They were, and they went on to date. They got engaged. They broke up. They got back together, got engaged again, got married, got divorced. And now there's Mm -hmm. like a diss track going around about him. I don't know. I thought it would be interesting to kind of revisit, I guess, the starting point of their romance. You know what? I've never seen this movie before. Honestly, listen, people might come for me, but I definitely think Chris is the hotter Hemsworth brother. No, this is what I'll say about Liam Hemsworth. There are some men who are so attractive that they veer to the side of Uncanny Valley. There is something about him that's so unsettling that he almost looks like a CGI rendering of a hot guy. No, I see it. I I see the CGI. His face is so symmetrical and that's supposed to be attractive. Right. But like you said, it goes to the uncanny valley where it's like, are you actually a real human? So the movie opens with Miley Cyrus's character. Her name is Veronica. She's known as Ronnie, which Veronica is such a pretty name. Why shorten it to Ronnie? I don't know. I think I think Ronnie fits her more than Veronica. It actually does. You're right. So Her mom is taking Ronnie and her little brother Jonah to Georgia to stay with her dad for the summer. Ronnie from New York is like, this is hell. Yeah. This is the definition of hell. She's not happy. Yeah. So just to give you a quick rundown, Ronnie just graduated from high school. So this is the summer after high school, Mm -hmm. which to me is such a like nostalgic time. It's usually your last summer without growing up responsibilities. Right. Yeah. She is having to spend that summer with her dad. Her parents are divorced. Her dad has a beach house in Georgia. When you said that the name Ronnie fits her more, you're right, because... Just to describe her, she has very grungy vibes. She looks Mm -hmm. hungover and unbathed. (laughs) She also has kind of the stereotypical teenage dirtbag vibe to her. You can tell that she's she picked a side in the divorce of her parents and it was her mom's side. And she's just angry. She doesn't even say hello to her dad. She just stares at him and then shoulder checks him and walks right past him. I guess after the divorce, Ronnie went down the wrong path. I'm guessing after the divorce is when she started to go by Ronnie because... You know what? Probably. (laughs) Because she now dresses in all black and she's kind of got this rebellious vibe to her. She just leaves her dad's house and just goes walking down the beach 
So we get a little bit of backstory here. Ronnie got into some trouble back home. Kind of sounds like she got in trouble for shoplifting. Listen, shoplifting, it's its a criminal offense. However, they make it sound like she was smoking drugs and selling her body on the streets. Yeah, it makes her sound like she should still be facing some heavy jail time. Not like she stole a t-shirt from Forever 21, you know? <laughs> right. After Ronnie sort of dips and just leaves, her mom and dad are left back at the house. And mom is like, yeah, Ronnie quit playing the piano and she got into Juilliard. Do you know how much skill that is that she hasn't played piano since the divorce? And Juilliard still came to her and was like, we want her. Right, because Ronnie has like this dark secret. She's a piano prodigy. It's like her greatest shame. She doesn't want anyone to know. If this is not some fucking white people problems. I know, for real. So you can tell that Ronnie's not used to kind of like the living next to the beach vibe. Mm -hmm. Because she goes down to the beach, like the promenade. You know, there's like a fair going on. And there's people on the beach wearing bathing suits and shorts and tank tops. And Ronnie's wearing combat boots, black cargo pants, and four tank tops because early 2000s. Definitely gives the vibes of she is part of like SEAL Team 6 about to invade Iraq. She is just sore thumb. (laughs) Sore thumb sticking out. It's... yeah. It's painful. Well, girl, we get a meet cute and I kind of want to pause for mm-hmm. a second. We need a meet cute bingo card. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. Right? Because, I mean, we can almost predict what the meet cutes are going to be. And we talked about how you either eat shit, almost get hit by a car or get something spilled all over you. Or you drop everything. Or you drop everything. And which one do we get here? She gets stuff spilled all over her. Well, she eats shit and stuff spilled all over her. The double whammy. It's the double whammy. Because she is walking through the beach with a smoothie or something, some drink. It's a milkshake. It's a milkshake. And this guy, played by Liam Hemsworth, he's playing volleyball and he crashes into her. They both fall to the ground and the smoothie goes all over her. He helps her up and she's kind of a bitch, to be honest. I mean, I don't know if she's a bitch. I think she's just uninterested and he is stunned that she's not stunned at the sight of him. Yeah, he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Let me help you up. And she's like, don't touch me. (laughs) Which is the opposite of what all of us would say. First of all, he's shirtless. I'm surprised like the power of his perfect abs didn't just levitate her off the ground. Right. By the way, his name is Will. Apparently, Ronnie can say no to Liam Hemsworth, but Miley Cyrus could not because (laughs) she married him. (laughs) That's so true. So Ronnie goes off and she keeps walking through the beach and she runs into another girl who also looks unbathed and hungover. So naturally they become Mm -hmm. like instant friends. It's the law of attraction. (laughs) Yeah. They become instant friends. Um, Ronnie is looking for a new shirt because hers is covered in milkshake. So Ronnie's at a gift shop with her new friend and her new friend Mm -hmm. is trying to shoplift. And Ronnie says, no, I can't. I got busted before. And so it just kind of seems like she's trying to turn her life around. Like her parents don't Mm -hmm. know that, but she's trying to make better decisions. Her new friend, Blake, is like, let me introduce you to my boyfriend. He is amazing. (laughs) The love of my life. (laughs) Oh boy, when a young girl says that, you just know you're in for a treat. She even tells Ronnie how she doesn't even live at home anymore. She stays with her boyfriend. Right, she's kind of homeless. And it's like, oh, so like, hello, red flags. Okay. Right. 
her boyfriend is a fire performer at mm-hmm. the beach. And I thought this was yeah. kind of a callback to something that kind of opened the movie, which was a fire. So in this small town, there was a church that burned down. And so when mm-hmm. I saw these guys playing with fire, I was like, are they pyromaniacs? Were they the ones that burned down the church? Uh, just put a pin in that. Yeah, put a pin in that. And so... We, you know, we get to meet Marcus, who is the friend's boyfriend. Can we just call him... Fire boyfriend. Fire fire boy. (laughs) Fire boyfriend. (laughs) Fire boy. Yeah, fire boy. So fire boy just screams a hella red flag straight from the get-go, and not even the sexy kind. Right, yeah. Ronnie and her new friend and fire boy end up, like, under a bridge with a little bonfire, Everybody except for Ronnie is drinking. Yeah. And again, Ronnie is making good decisions. She is. New friend goes to get Fireboy another drink. And Fireboy just kind of comes on to Ronnie, like sits down next to her and keeps touching her and like trying to put his arm around her. And it's just uncomfy. Ronnie's new friend, she sees her boyfriend hitting on Ronnie and she can't hear that Ronnie is turning him down. Well, Ronnie just gets up and leaves after that. She just leaves. Yeah. So Ronnie. Ronnie gets home and her dad is actually playing the piano when she gets home. Mm -hmm. She is not happy that her dad is playing the piano. I think she feels like he's trying to force it back on her, which he's not. He's just doing it. Yeah. You could tell it's such a sore spot between her and her dad because it was something that her and her dad shared. And it's almost like Ronnie is refusing Mm -hmm. to play the piano to punish her dad for divorcing her mom. No, that's exactly what it feels like. Ronnie goes out to the beach. Her dad's house is right Mm -hmm. on the beach. And she discovers a raccoon trying to eat some turtle eggs that are buried in the sand. And she scares the raccoon off and she sees that the raccoon did eat a few of the eggs. Mm -hmm. She, She takes it really hard. She's like, no, absolutely not. Not on my watch. And so she drags a shopping cart and a whole bunch of like beach toys to cover the nest. Right. I was kind of wondering where she got that shopping cart. It just seemed like she stole it from a homeless person. Because how is there like a random shopping cart in the beach? I don't know. Why is it that people hate raccoons, but they love pandas? I like raccoons. Okay, good. I don't like raccoons, but I I respect raccoons. I respect the hustle. Raccoons go out there. They put their lives in danger. They go hunting for food. They get themselves in dangerous situations. You know what pandas do? Pandas are essentially bears. They're supposed to be hibernating in the winter, but they're too lazy to collect food, like eat enough food. And so pandas just Mm -hmm. sit around and eat what's near them, which is bamboo. And you know what the kicker is, Courtney? It's toxic. Bamboo is bad for their stomach. So pandas are sitting there binge eating bamboo when it's making them sick because they're too lazy to go out and get food. And everybody thinks they're adorable. You know, I I kind of respect that though. (laughs) Pandas are going extinct because they're too lazy to mate. So I'm just, listen, I'm just really trying to understand the obsession with pandas here. They don't contribute anything to their own lives, let alone anyone else's lives. Okay. So they are cute. Why do pandas get to be lazy and and that's considered cute, but the rest of us, it's like, get up and get a job. And it's like, well, the panda doesn't have a job. The panda doesn't have to work. Why do I? (laughs) You know what else is like really cute, but also terrifying? Koala bears. Koala bears eat exclusively eucalyptus, which is toxic to them. And then they have to eat part of their own poop in order to like neutralize the toxin. Wow. Well, that's the next level. And also they're super vicious. Like they look adorable. Like they would be super cuddly. No, they'll eat your face. (laughs) I I respect that. 
Ronnie saves these turtle eggs and she kind of builds a shelter so that they don't get Mm -hmm. eaten. These turtle eggs are giving her purpose. She's just like, this is my new mission to save these turtle eggs. It's her hyperfixation. And her dad kind of makes fun of her shopping cart enclosure. Mm -hmm. So she storms up to the house. She calls the aquarium Mm -hmm. to have somebody come out and like mark the turtle eggs and put like a little, a legit cage and stuff around it. It really shows that she's got a great heart under all her teenage angst. Ronnie goes up to like a little local cafe, restaurant, whatever. She's eating lunch and she got a book on turtles. Mm -hmm. So she's reading up on sea turtles. And um, surprise, surprise, in this small beach town, Will is there in his little greasy mechanic uniform. He has some oil on his face, strategically placed. That's probably actually lipstick. (laughs) No, it's kind of weird to me how slimy he looks. Like, why would you go to a restaurant looking like that? Like, just get carry out. And you know how bad oil smells? He probably reeks. I don't know. It kind of smells a little good. Do you like the way gasoline smells? I don't like the way gasoline smells because I get car sick, so it... It triggers my car sickness. So yeah, so Will comes up to her and once again, he's kind of making eyes at her. He's trying to flirt with mm-hmm. her and she kind of rejects him again. Yeah, she just goes, see you around. Mm-hmm. Like not even flirty. She's like very not interested. Like he is a bother to her at this point. Right. Um. After, you know, her half a day of research on sea turtles over a chicken salad sandwich, <laughs> She has decided that until the aquarium can get out there and mark the turtle nest, she cannot sleep without knowing these baby turtles are safe. Yeah. So she camps out directly next to her shopping cart fortress with a baseball bat. Yeah. So the baseball bat is for the raccoon. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? The raccoon does come back. Yeah, it does. It scares the shit out of her. And she has to scare it off with her bat. Mm -hmm. And she wakes up in the morning to none other than Will from the aquarium to mark the turtle nest. Right. He's like, I'm here to mark the turtle nest. And she's like, do you work there too? Like, how many jobs do you have? He's like, no, I I volunteer at the aquarium. So Will is like, wait, you slept here all night? And Ronnie's like, yeah, I wanted to make sure they were safe. You could tell that Will finds this very endearing. Will marks the turtle nest, Mm -hmm. whatever. He does his aquarium thing. And Ronnie goes back out into town and she's in like a little store that seems to have jewelry and clothes and records and stuff like that. And she runs into her new friend that, well, I guess she thought she had. And new friend is not happy to see her. Right, because last time they saw each other, the friend thought that Ronnie was hitting on her boyfriend. So the friend is kind of making her pay for it now by ignoring her. And she also slips something from the store into Ronnie's bag and Ronnie has no Mm -hmm. idea what's going on. Yeah. So Ronnie's like, Hey, Hey, right. You know, trying to get this girl's attention. And she's like, listen, I saw you in Fireboy. Um, I really love him. Like, I can't believe you came on to him and Ronnie's having to defend herself. And she's like, yo, listen, I don't want your dirty red flag ass boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. Like, he was coming on to me, and friend does not want to believe it at all. Friend storms out. Ronnie tries to follow her, but the security alarm goes off. Obviously, the store person searches Ronnie's bag and finds the merchandise. So now Ronnie has to get picked up by her dad, and it's kind of this, mm-hmm. this sad moment where she's like, I didn't do it, but, like, no one's believing her. When Ronnie gets home, she's actually starts packing her stuff, and she's like, I'm going to leave. I'm going home. Yeah, because her dad is obviously pissed. Her dad is like, you know, what do you want me to do? And she's like, I want you to believe me. She's like, I did it in New York, but I didn't do it here. And the dad chooses to believe her, which honestly, mm-hmm. I think 
is the right thing to do. You should believe your kids. You should give your kids the benefit of the doubt until they start earning the doubt. Right. You know? Yeah. So the dad believes her. He's like, look, I know the owner of the store. Like, I'll talk to him. That night, Ronnie is hanging out with the turtle eggs again. And she's like fully camped out. She has a book. She has her blanket. She has her chair. She's ready to spend the night. How is she reading in the dark? Did you see how dark it is? I know, it's so how is, dark. She's, it's not a Kindle. It's not a phone. It's literally like a paperback book. Listen, Courtney, we're really old. I think maybe younger people have like better night vision than we do. <laughs> Absolutely not. I know. It's bullshit. She's camped out. You know, she's ready to stay the night. And then Will shows up with a chair, a lantern. He totally saw this as an opportunity to spend time with her. But you can also tell that he cares about the turtles, too, because he volunteers at the aquarium. So they're out there. She's actually giving him the time of day this time. Right. They're talking a little. He tells her that he got accepted to Columbia and she tells him she got accepted to Juilliard. And both of those schools are close to each other. But she's like, I'm not going to Juilliard. And he's like, oh, I was, I'm kind of bummed. I thought I might see you up there. So he's kind of making mm-hmm. plans for their future. Like settle down. A man who's not afraid of commitment. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't have to work for it, I don't want it. Don't want it. You know, she's giving him the time of day. They're talking. And then daddy comes out and then moves Will's chair a good like five feet away from Ronnie's chair and then draws a line in the sand with his foot. I thought it was awesome how the dad doesn't say a single word, but Will looks at him and he goes, okay, sir, I understand. (laughs) Did dad need to say a word? He didn't, no. Everybody knew what was going on. Uh, So the next morning, Will and Ronnie wake up at the beach and you could tell she has really warmed up to him now and he invites her to go to the aquarium with him. He says he has to go to work, but she could come with him. She goes to work with him and he's like cleaning like the windows of the aquarium and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And he's like being a little dork and waving at her inside the water. It's adorable. It is. Yeah. And you kind of see them kind of playing around the water and then he pulls her into the tank which is supposed to be this very cute moment. And I find no. those tanks gross. They're literally toilets. Okay, it's it's toilet water. So is the ocean. Well, yeah, that's why I don't like the ocean either. But anyway, he pulls her in there and I could just smell like the saltiness of that water. And they're in there and it's yeah. really cute. They're splashing around. They're having a good time. You know, he's like, is it a date yet? And she's just like, hmm. She's feeling it. It's a date. And then he takes her to the beach because he has a volleyball game to go to. Mm -hmm. She is sort of like accosted by an ex-girlfriend of Will's named Ashley. This girl Ashley sees that Ronnie has wet hair and that she's kind of giddy with Will. And Mm -hmm. she pulls Ronnie aside and says, oh, let me guess. He took you to the aquarium. Did he pull you into the tank? Was he splashing around with you? So effectively removing all the magic of the day that they just had. She's like, oh, don't worry. Like, I'm a friend of Will's. And Will has a lot of friends, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like he does this all the time. And Ronnie just gets mad and leaves. Yeah, I mean, she leaves. I think she's bummed out that she let her guard down. And then Mm -hmm. it was to what appears to be like the town player or something, you know? I mean, listen, we would all be kind of bummed out if we thought like our special romantic day was like just his standard first date right you know but also like being able to take girls behind the scenes of the aquarium yeah surefire way to get panties dropped right like that is a card you're going to play if you have it like you can't blame him 
But Ronnie leaves. She goes home. Will comes there. He goes to her house to look for her. And she's being hella dramatic. Let me just say. She opens the door. She sees it's him and just slams it in his face. <laughs> she's like, go away. And she just keeps smacking the inside of the door. Yeah. Like, go away. Get out of here. I never want to see you again. Yeah, he's totally confused because the last time he saw her, they were having a good time. Ronnie storms to her bedroom and then dad opens the door and Will's like, can you tell me what the hell is going on? Yeah. Dad's like, oh, I can't because I don't know. Um, <laughs> But like, I guess if you wanted to hang out, yeah. we can be confused together. Right. So Will goes out to kind of their spot by the turtle eggs, and he hangs out there all day long. Dad and brother start taking bets, like literally placing bets on how long he's going to stay out there. The little brother is like, oh, what if he stays there until he dies and then his carcass will remain there forever to symbolize their love or something like that. Yeah. And dad's like, his carcass will get ate by raccoons, which fair, it probably would be. So Ronnie relents and she goes out to talk to Will by the turtle eggs on the beach. And mm -hmm. I think she opens up to him because she tells him like, look, I didn't come to this town for some stupid summer romance with a boy who takes every girl out on the same dates. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I dated other people before we met. Girl, listen, it's been like two days. Can you settle down? I know she's being so dramatic and it's it feels like such a girl thing to do to be mad at your significant other for having a life before you. It's like, how fucking dare you? So as they're arguing, you know, Ronnie's like, I don't want to be just another girl. Will grabs her by the face with both hands and he kisses her. It's like a hard, deep kiss, too. Like, this is not like a peck. No, I mean, the camera pans around their bodies as they continue kissing fiercely. It's my favorite type of kiss shot. It is just... It feels so intense. And listen, she is like paralyzed. Her hands are still down at her side <laughs> and he's just like kissing the shit out of her. She's kissing him back. I know she is. There's edgy music playing in the background. The sun is setting. Like this is intense. Okay. This is like I fell in love. All right. After this kiss, she kind of just like daydreamily walks into the house. Mm -hmm. Her dad kind of jokes on her. Her dad's like, Oh, she just got kissed. And she's like, shut up. And he's like, oh, my gosh, you did. I was just joking. <laughs> but what whatevs. Yeah. And so this is kind of like a brings a lightness to kind of hers and her dad's relationship that was otherwise kind of strained. Right. Um, And then we get one of our favorite things. We get a little bit of a montage. Yes, we get the montage. Because after this kiss between Will and Ronnie, it's almost like they're official now. I mean, we see a montage of them like frolicking in the ocean and playing in the sand and kissing and drawing on mm -hmm. each other's converse. He draws forever on her converse. Yeah, it's like, such, uh, I mean, it's such a like young love thing. Like there is nothing like young love because you don't realize. No, there's not. You don't know heart, like you don't know real heartbreak yet. And so you love so openly and without hesitation. Yeah, it's like one of those things where you're like, no, this is perfect. Love will never be better than this. Love will never die. Spoiler alert, it dies. <laughs> it's a gas station explosion. Love is like a phoenix. Like, it will die, but it will be reborn, you know? You will have heartbreaks, and then you will love again, and then you will get heartbroken, and then you will love again. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's with the same person. <laughs> mm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the real kicker. Yeah. You know? Also, he carves their name into a tree, which no one's ever done for me, by the way. And I'm kind of salty about that. You know what? I don't think anybody's ever carved my name. <gasps> Courtney, can we carve each other's names into a tree? When you come here in June, we'll carve each other's names into a tree. Oh my gosh, let's do it. Okay, so <laughs> there's also shots of them in a, in his truck. They're kind of riding down back roads. And it's such, mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a Taylor Swift song, you know? Like their whole romance yes. is a Taylor Swift song, like the good kind, not the heartbreaking kind. Will drives this old pickup truck and he gets one of the back tires stuck in like a big hole, like a pothole in a dirt road full of mud. And he's trying to get, you know, out of this. So he's like standing on the back to add more weight to the back Um, and she's flooring it. He gets covered in mud. Then he like wipes his dirty hands on her and then they get into like a mud fight. Yeah, they get into a good old fashioned mud fight. No, thanks. I don't I don't want it. (laughs) I don't like being dirty, so I think I'm going to have to respectfully, <laughs> respectfully pass. Respectfully, I pass. I am such a germaphobe. I feel like my germophobia would just squash so many romantic moments because I'm like, I don't want to get in that fish tank. It looks really unhygienic. I don't want to play in the mm. mud. Like, what's in this? You know? <laughs> I'm not a good time. Like, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. <laughs> she doesn't want to have a sip of your coffee. No, I will not drink after anyone. I don't think so. But now Will and Ronnie are covered in mud and he wants to take her to the movies. So he's like, listen, I'll take mm-hmm. you to my house so you can get washed up and then we can go to the movies. Yeah. She's like, I am not meeting your parents covered in mud. He's like, oh, don't worry. Nobody's home. So obviously someone's going to be home. <laughs> she pulls up to this giant gate at the end of a drive way Mm -hmm. and he buzzes somebody named George that lets him through the gates and his driveway is beautiful the Spanish moss hanging from the trees I'm a sucker for it I don't care if it leads to a ditch I want to go down that road (laughs) Georgia is such a beautiful state in the summer but Ronnie is really confused because all she knows Mm -hmm. about Will at this point is that he drives this old beat-up truck that he works as a mechanic and that he volunteers at the aquarium and that he plays volleyball But, you know, I think it's safe to say that she didn't expect him to live in this giant freaking estate. Like, it's a mansion. It is huge. She's like, I can't go in that house. I am filthy. And he's like, nobody's home. And then his mother walks out. (laughs) His mother walks out on this balcony and she is dressed to the nines. I mean, she looks like your classic Mm -hmm. white rich lady. Like, she's about to step on the Titanic. Yes. She also has the transatlantic rich people accent. I love that accent. I know, I do too. Um, But no, it is the transatlantic like rich person. Like you expect them to be kind of a cunt. Yeah, and she probably is. She does not look impressed by Ronnie because Ronnie looks like a wet rat. She's covered in mud. (laughs) Yeah, and Will's mom just says, you guys can hose off around back. Yeah, go take your little piggy out back and hose her off. His mom comes back and was... Gives her a dress and she's like, this belongs to one of Will's sisters. It should fit you. Yeah. Ronnie unexpectedly gets pulled into a dinner with his parents. And I can't mm-hmm. do this. Like, I need to prepare to meet my boyfriend's parents for the first time. Like, you mm-hmm. can't drop that on me unexpectedly. During this kind of like way laid dinner that she is trapped in, Will's parents are talking about how he's going to Vanderbilt because everybody in their family has went to Vanderbilt. What is Vanderbilt? Is that a real school? I've never heard of it. Yeah. Okay. Also, Will's mom mentions that Will's sister is getting married 
and says, are you inviting Ronnie to the wedding? And Will makes a face like, oh, mom, like the mom just said something she wasn't supposed to. Ronnie's like, no, he hadn't mentioned it. Mm -hmm. He feels pressured. So he invites her on the spot. And it's extra awkward because the mom says, you told me Ashley was going, his ex-girlfriend. The mom is like, Mm -hmm. I already sent her an invitation. (laughs) Like It's done. Ronnie gets super pissed. Ronnie does get mad. And later when they're outside of the house, she kind of goes off on Will again. And it just seems like every time she's mad at him, she's just like, go get out of here. Find someone else. You know, she like immediately is like breaking things off. And he's like, listen, he's like, my sister is friends with Ashley. Like nothing is going on with me and Ashley. Also, it's been three days, my dude. Like you didn't even know she existed when your ex got invited to the wedding. I mean, she keeps punishing him for things that he had no control over. When Ronnie's upset, he actually tells her about how Nothing in his house is happy and it hasn't been happy in a long time. And he talks about how the previous year his brother died um, in a car accident and their mom was driving. And Will kind of blames himself a little bit because he said that him and his brother were in the backseat playing Mercy. Mom turned around to tell them to stop and got in the accident. So we have a tragic backstory and you know how much I love a tragic backstory. It's hard not to. (laughs) It's like, give it to me. I just love when the shadows of the dark past just float past their eyes. And you know what? The more tragic, the better. Like, (laughs) you know, Will only lost one family member, but like, honestly, like whole family dead. Mm. Yeah, it could have been all of them. Will uses his tragic backstory to sort of explain away his hoe phase. Mm -hmm. Like, my brother died and I was using all these other girls to feel something. But baby, I don't feel the way... I feel with you. You're more than just some nookie. Listen, like if you want to be a hoe, just say you're a hoe. You don't need to be like, I did it for my dead brother. Yeah, that's fair. Like wanting to feel something is why most people have a hoe face. So I guess because Will opened up, I think Ronnie is like, okay, it's my turn to open up. So she pulls him into, I don't know how she knows how to find this place, but there's a place in his house that has like musical instruments. She pulls him in there. She sits down at the piano and she plays what sounds like a very beautiful and complicated piano number. Your deep dark secret is that your brother died. So you tried to bone away his memory. Mine is, I'm actually a piano prodigy. I'm so ashamed. Listen to how beautiful this sounds. I think it was a it was a nice moment of bonding. Ronnie goes home and she's like kind of in a giddy mood, kind of. Like she seems like, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's because of Will or if it's because she played the piano for the first time, but she's like a little giddy. Yeah, and she even tells her dad, she's like, I played today. Right. And you know what? Her dad just said, how does it feel? How does it feel? Right. He plays it cool. But then she says, dad, I need to talk to someone and you're the only, you know, I don't have any friends here. Keep in mind, she's been practically ignoring him this whole time. And Mm -hmm. you could see the dad internally freaking out. And it's like that meme from the office. Like, what's the procedure? What's the procedure? Like, you could see him freaking out. And he's like, okay yeah, let's talk. Talk to me. And she's just like, okay, so there's this boy. And essentially, she wants like boy advice. I don't even think she's looking for advice. I think she just needed to verbalize how she felt about Will. I think Mm -hmm. when you are so excited about someone, like you need someone to tell. You want to share with someone. You want someone to be excited for you.
Will, apart from being rich, mechanic, volunteer at the Aquarium Center, he is also going to a volleyball championship. And so Ronnie is there to support him. And it's kind of a town event. Yeah. You know, he's doing his volleyball thing, um, you know, hitting the ball over the net and stuff. And <laughs> That she's... sounded like a very technical description of volleyball. <laughs> I don't know anything about volleyball. I know there's a net and there are balls and... Half naked guys. So I'm like half there, but that's all I know. But actually, so Ronnie is there with her little brother and her father. The girl sitting right behind them on the benches happens to be, once again, Will's ex, Ashley. And Ashley leans over to Ronnie and says, oh, look, a shoplifter and an arsonist. This is where Ronnie finds out that people around town think her dad set the church on fire. Right. So the town church went down in a fire and Mm -hmm. Ronnie's dad has been working this whole time kind of as like a little project with his son. He's been working on a stained glass window for the church. And in the beginning, Mm -hmm. you think it's because, you know, he wants to help the community and he loves this church so much. They're rebuilding it. He's trying to help. But now Mm -hmm. that we know about the rumors, you kind of start to think that maybe he's doing this because he feels guilty. Ronnie brings it up to him. She's like, people around town think you set the church on fire. They, you know, they think it was your fault. And he's like, it was my fault. Yeah. He goes, I was the last one here. There were some candles that didn't get put out. You know, I was playing the piano. He's like, I was on this new medicine that my doctor put me on. And I guess I dozed off. And the next thing I remember, I was across the street with the firefighters. Meanwhile, Ronnie's like, wait a minute, medicine? What medicine? And the dad is like, don't worry about it, honey. Everything's fine. Nothing sad ever happens in a Nicholas Spark movie. Like, you're good. Yeah. Don't sh- don't even worry about it. She doesn't know that they're in a Nicholas Sparks movie, though. Yeah, she doesn't. But the dad is like, this is absolutely not relevant to the story. It's never going to come up again. Don't you worry about it. Just put a pin in that also. Yeah, just put a pin in that. Hold on to that, because I think you know what's coming. <laughs> And then Ronnie gets an invitation to the wedding. Right. She gets a formal invitation in the mail and she's really excited when she shows Mm -hmm. the dad. He's like, well, honey, I I need to help you buy a dress. And he gives her like this stack of cash. I'm like, wow. So she's really excited. She goes out in town. She has a pocket full of money and she runs into the friend that she made at the beginning of the movie. So this friend is having a fight with her dirtbag boyfriend, Fireboy, and the boyfriend leaves the friend stranded in the middle of town. And the friend says, I have nowhere to live. Ronnie sees her friend struggling. I mean, they're not really friends anymore, but Ronnie sees this girl Mm -hmm. kind of on her knees crying just at the lowest point of her life. And Ronnie Mm -hmm. kneels down, reaches into her pocket and gives this girl the stack of cash that her dad gave her for the dress. I feel like she did the right thing or what she felt was the right thing at the time. But now Ronnie doesn't have a dress. Right. And doesn't have money for a dress. And this wedding is going to be with fancy, snobby, rich people. So awkward. (laughs) She's in her room and she's trying to figure out what to wear. She's going through all her clothes. And little brother is like, what are you doing? Didn't dad give you money? And so Ronnie tells little brother what happened to the money. Little brother is like, "Mm, say less. Because little brother comes in clutch. He does. He pulls out this little piggy bank type thing that he has. And he pulls out a wad of cash. The little brother is obviously a hustler. He finds a way to have money. He's been saving his whole life. So he has 
what appears to be a couple hundred dollars. And he just selflessly gives it over to his sister to buy a dress. I know. She tries to not accept, but ends up accepting. So I think it's really cute. The brother goes out with Ronnie to try on dresses and we get another montage. And like I said before, this is one of my favorite montages, which is where they try out different outfits and there's like fun music playing in the background. So we get to see her trying on all these little cute dresses. Honestly, they're all ugly except for the one she picks. <laughs> yeah, it's like this very pretty pink dress, like dusty rose dress. It's like frilly on the bottom. And I don't know, I really like it. Yeah. So she arrives at the wedding and the wedding is taking place at Will's family's home. Ronnie sees her friend. Yeah, the friend that she just gave all her money to. So this friend, she's one of the caterers. So she's there working. And so Mm -hmm. they run into each other. And the friend actually thanks Ronnie for helping her. She's like, thank you. I broke up with that guy. I moved out. You know, Ronnie's like, I'm really glad that it helped you. You know, I hope, you know, you get to a better place. And some time goes by because we get like, you know, a little clip of Will and Ronnie dancing and they're adorable. And then Fireboy, the ex, he comes to the wedding and he makes a scene, girl. He starts like yelling and trying to leave with his ex. Will intervenes. The guy pulls out a tire iron from his car. Like it gets oh yeah wild. And all the guests, which are like snobby rich people, they're like, oh, are we in the ghetto? <laughs> like they're like, yeah, Fireboy's ready to fight. At first, Will is trying to get him to just leave. Then they come to blows. And the whole time, the mom's like, this is your sister's wedding, Will. Don't do this, Will. This is your sister's wedding. Well, what did you want him to do? The mom is mortified. Like, please take the girl home. You know, it looks like the drive from Will's house back to Ronnie's house is kind of tense. They pull up in her driveway and she's like, I think I finally won your mom over. (laughs) Yeah. Little brother comes up to the car and was like, the turtles are hatching. The turtles are hatching. Sure enough, there's hundreds of little itty bitty turtles kind of like making their way to the ocean. It's Mm -hmm. so cute. Will has a flashlight because turtles go towards the light. Mm -hmm. So he was helping guide them to the ocean. Dad's like, I'm going to go get another flashlight to help. Um, But dad collapses. Yeah, dad collapses on the beach on the way to the house. Obviously, it's an event. He gets rushed to the hospital And the next scene we have is of Ronnie sitting on the floor of the hospital as the doctor is telling her what's wrong with her dad. Her dad has cancer and it has now spread to his lungs. The doctor tells Ronnie that her dad actually requested that his medication be scaled back because he wanted to be like fully present when his kids were there. Because I guess the medicine made him out of it and he wanted to be able to spend Mm -hmm. time with his kids. But This is where Ronnie finds out essentially her dad is dying. He doesn't have long left and she's mad at him for not telling her. Yeah, she's like, you know, you lied to me. You told me that it was nothing and you were fine. Yeah. And he's just like, I was fine at the time. So, you know, we cut to the little brother at the house and he's having a meltdown, the poor kid. Mm -hmm. he's standing over the project that he's been working on with his dad, the stained glass window for the church, Mm -hmm. and he's bawling his eyes out. Little brother was like his dad's assistant all summer to finish the stained glass window. And he's like, dad's not going to get to finish it. Dad needs it done. The most heartbreaking part is that Ronnie walks in to the brother almost falling off a chair because he's trying to grab things Mm -hmm. from high shelves. And he's like, 
frustrated because he wants to finish this, but he realizes he's just a kid. He's probably like mm-hmm. seven, eight years old. He's like, I can't reach what I need to reach. And he's having a meltdown. And Will is there too. And Will is like, we'll help you. We'll help you. And the little brother's like, you don't know how. And she's like, just teach us. Yeah. And so he trains them to be his little assistants. Right. So... Ronnie spends time with the dad at the hospital while Will and the little brother work on the stained glass window. And it's just, I'm going to tell you right now, Nicholas Sparks, he knows how to get you in the feels. I wonder, like, who hurt Nicholas Sparks? (laughs) Who hurt you? (laughs) Yeah. Who hurt you? Oh, God. Listen, it's heart tugging as fuck, okay? What I love about it is the subtlety of it. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about these moments in Nicholas Sparks movies they are such subtle moments. Like it's just a little boy trying to finish this project that he was doing with his dad. But you get it. Like you get why it's important. Yeah. You get why it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it is really sad. You know, Ronnie is taking her dad for a walk in the hospital one day and he just says, Ronnie, I need you to take me home. Right. I think he looks around and he sees all the sick people and he realizes like, I don't want to die here. I want to die at home. So she does. She takes him home. She says, hey, we got to stop somewhere. I got to show you something. Yeah. And the thing she had to show him was actually the stained glass window completed and installed on the church. Very, very, very sweet. We get a glimpse of Will going to his friend at the mechanic shop where he works and being like, dude, you need to come clean about the fire. So apparently this kid was actually responsible for the fire at the church that burned the church down. The first time that Will went to his friend in the movie to come clean, the friend was like, no, absolutely not. They'll think it's arson and we'll go to jail. I'm not doing it. Right. Then Will goes back to his friend after the dad gets out of the hospital and was like, please. And the friend just says, okay. Yeah. I mean, Will says like, listen, this guy is dying and he thinks that he burned down his the church that he loved. Like, you need to tell him the truth. So the friend and Will go together to Ronnie's dad's. Uh, Ronnie's not there, but they tell Ronnie's dad what happened. They said, like, we were hanging out behind the church that night. We were playing around with fire. Will wasn't there conveniently. I kind of eye-rolled at this. Yeah. I feel like Nicholas Sparks was like protecting this character too much. It's like, come on, give him a little bit of grit, okay? Like he could have been involved. Yeah, Will was there at first and then things started to get out of hand and he left. Okay, because he's such a good guy. Okay, anyway. Uh. <laughs> I ro- I don't want it. <laughs> like no thorns. No thorns. No thorns. Okay, whatever. So yeah, they confessed to Ronnie's dad and... The friend says, you know, I, I'll i come clean. I'll go to the authorities. Ronnie's dad is like, absolutely not. Like, listen, everybody thinks I did it already. I'm dying. Who cares? Like, just let them think that. I don't want you getting in trouble. I thought that was sweet. That was really sweet. And I think dad could clearly tell that it was just an accident. Right. It wasn't on purpose. These kids are not dangerous. They just made a stupid mm-hmm. mistake. And he's like, people are going to believe that I did it, even if you come clean. Like, there's no reason for you guys to get the law involved when it's already been deemed an accident. Yeah, dad is like, I'm not going to snitch. Yeah, dad's a dad's a ride or die. Um, well, in his case, ride and die. But oh, my God, Courtney. Obviously, Ronnie is overhearing the whole conversation and uh, conveniently, conveniently. And she comes in and she just gives one look to Will and kind of shakes her head and storms off. So Will goes after her and Ronnie goes off on him. And to be fair, I think this isn't just about the fact that he didn't tell her that he knew who was behind the fire. I think she is just going through a lot right now and she's taking it out on him. Absolutely. And 
I one of her main things is she's like, you saw how much it hurt him to for him to think he did this. And you just let him keep thinking it. Yeah. So immediately, as always, every time they have a fight, Ronnie breaks up with him and says, you know, go find mm-hmm. another girl who, you know, fits your lifestyle. And she actually, she actually gets really mean. She says, you're a coward. You're a liar. She says, I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. She is going off on him. You know, it's it's heartbreaking because it's not fair. Like he doesn't deserve this. Yeah, so, you know, the summer has run its course. Dad is home. Dad is getting progressively worse. The mom comes down to get the kids and take them back to New York, and Ronnie refuses to go. She's like, I need to stay here. The mom is like, listen, it's going to get really bad, and your dad doesn't want you seeing him like this. Ronnie is like, you know what, mom? I spent the whole summer being a bitch to him and ignoring him. Like, I had no idea that these were my last moments with him. So she wants to stay, and she wants to look after him. You can tell dad is hesitant, but dad allows it. We get a sad montage in a way where we see Ronnie taking care of her dad and he's kind of deteriorating and they talk about Will and how he's probably off at college by now. Her dad tells her, someday you're going to open your heart and you're going to start playing the piano again and it's not going to be to make anybody else happy. It's going to be for you because music is part of you. You know, dad says that, you know, he doesn't have time to kind of instill all of the wisdom-filled lectures. So it's like he's trying to give her a lifetime of, of advice in like a couple weeks. And so you know how the dad had been playing the piano kind of throughout the movie? It turns out he was actually writing a song and the song is called For Ronnie. He was writing a song for her. She asks him how it's coming and that he needs to finish it. And he says he doesn't think he can because his hands are hurting so bad. Ronnie sits down and she starts playing the song her dad wrote for her. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she's playing it through tears. And we see that sad montage of her taking care of her dad. And by the Mm -hmm. end of the song, you kind of realize that one night she kind of looks up from the piano and she realizes her dad has passed. That has to be heartbreaking I don't think you can ever prepare yourself for that even when you know it's coming it's there's no preparing for it mom and brother come back down because it's now you know funeral time the mom basically begs her like listen like it's okay to feel things like you are your father's daughter you feel things like fiercely just like he did Like, feel whatever you want to feel, but, like, don't push me away. Right, because Ronnie is kind of starting to push her mom away, and she realizes, like, yeah, that's what I do. I push people away. I I pushed Will away. Like, all he ever did Mm -hmm. was try to be there for me, and I pushed him away. But I loved that the mom said to her, you have the courage to feel, and you feel so deeply. And I really love that because there is something to be said about the people who feel the deepest are sometimes the prickliest like sometimes those are the people that are hard to get along with and you think yeah. you think they're like terrible and really they're just so sensitive. They feel so deeply that they kind of push people away to protect themselves. Because they're like, nope, not getting attached here. So the dad's funeral takes place at the rebuilt church with the beautiful stained glass window that he designed and his kids finished for him. And Ronnie is up front to give the eulogy. She says that there was a special language that only her and her dad understood. And she goes to the piano and she plays the piece that she actually helped him finish, the For Ronnie song. And it looks like everybody they know is there, but Will is not there. But as she Mm -hmm. goes to sit at the piano, Will walks into the church 
And almost at the same time, the sun shines through the stained glass. And it was so mm-hmm. sweet because Ronnie looks over at it and she goes, hi, daddy. And my heart went crack. Listen, as somebody with a currently sick dad, like I, I tried to be like, oh, okay. No feelings, right. no feelings, no feelings. No feelings. <laughs> but it got you. It got me in the feels that I had to be like, nope. Put it down. Put down. Turn it off. Put down the gates. So after the funeral outside, you know, everybody's coming up to her and kind of giving her their condolences. And Will comes up and she kind of apologizes for the way she treated him. Mm-hmm. Like not really, but kind of. But yeah. they don't really get to have an in-depth conversation because he she gets pulled away to talk to someone else. Like she goes back to her dad's house and she's like packing up his stuff. And as she's packing up her stuff, she looks outside and she sees Will on the beach. He's standing at their spot where they used to look over the turtle eggs. She goes over there with him and they get to have a deeper talk. She actually tells him, she says, hey, I decided to go to Juilliard. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I heard. I am thinking about transferring to Columbia next year. He says, so I could be closer to to the love of my life. Yeah, and then that's all she needs to hear. Just runs straight into his arms, kisses him. Kisses him. He picks her up. Yeah. Why does Nicholas Sparks always have to make us feel sad? Because somebody hurt him. Somebody hurt him. I just, you know what? At least they didn't die. I mean, you know, it's sad that the dad died, but I'm glad it wasn't one of the kids. Although I have to tell you, some of my favorite movies from the 2000s, I got to find them. They, there was a time where there was a bunch of movies of like girls that were like sick. They were the manic pixie dream girls and they would meet this guy mm-hmm. who had a very dull life and they would brighten it up and then they would die at the end, the girl. Mm. And I just loved that. I've, I felt like that was goals when I was a kid. <laughs> to become sick, find a grump that you can sunshine <laughs> up and then die. I, I was, you know, I had issues. I still have issues. This is where our movie leaves us. Yeah, the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, more is bringing on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.